the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is my son, Alan Salem. He's been involved in the business for more than 20 years. And we're here at your service. The lines, we've got two right now that are taken, but we've got three that are open. 602-508-0960. I should give that number more often. 602-508-0960. All righty. We're going to go to the phones, and we're going to take a call real quick. Hank? Hank, how are you, and what can we do for you? Good. Uh, I got a 2015 Jeep Patriot, and uh, for the past couple of weeks, my uh, airbag light has been coming on and off while I'm driving. Is it something I can fix myself without any specialty tools, or do you know what could possibly be the problem with it? Well, let me ask you a question, because this just happened to me the other day. Um I had something heavy on the passenger seat, and I didn't have the seatbelt buckle for stoop, you know, because I, I don't care. And I drove from Payson down here, and I had the airbag light come on. And the answer to your question is, is you need scanners. You need a handheld scanner that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. I think we have, how many scanners do we have for all the different kinds of cars? Lots. Five, six. I would oh. say, I mean. I'm, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I, I would say 10 to 15, probably. Okay. So the answer is, is you're not going to, but I, I do want to tell you this. Have you had anything on the passenger side seat for any length of time other than a butt? No, 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 not really. Okay, a how dog, many miles? Anything? Your dog sit up there or something? Uh, my dog is a tiny little Bichon Freeze. He weighs 15 pounds. Okay. So, <laughs> Did yeah. you just say Bichon Freeze? Uh, yeah, Bichon Freeze. See? See, told you. Okay, that's right. a real dog. I told you. I didn't believe it was a real dog. Anyway, here's <laughs> yeah, it looks what I like w- a small poodle. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. This is what I want you to do. Um, this is going to mess up all your presets for your mirrors and your radio and your seat and all that kind of stuff. But I think it would be a good idea to you to pull the battery cables off of the car. Okay. Now, when the battery cables are completely disconnected from both terminals, I want you to touch them together, count to ten, let the set the battery cables down, just and walk away for 10, 10, 20 minutes, and then go back and put the positive on first, the negative on second, and uh, and see what happens. Sometimes that's called a reboot, just like your computer. When you do a Control-Alt-Delete and you start it all over again, that's what we're doing there. Except when we touch the cables together, we're discharging all the memory capacitors. So everything uh-huh. that's in memory, we're flushing all that out. So I would do that. If not, how many miles are on it again? Uh about um, 80000 Okay, I would check to see if it's possible that the airbags are still under warranty, and your owner's manual will tell you that. If not, I think you're going to spend between 75 and $125 to have somebody diagnose what's going on. 
And it could be yeah. a seat switch that's bad. It could be some something in the power supply. It could be something in the ground. It could be something in the airbag modules. Decided to go to airbag module heaven. All that stuff can happen. Okay? Yeah, I called the dealership. They said it'd be about three hundred dollars to fix it, and uh, I just I I do all my car work myself usually. So I just figure as long as it doesn't take any specialty tools that I don't have, then I can just probably pop something open, fix it, and then put it back. Okay, now what did they say the 300 included? They just said uh, that's a common problem they have with the Jeep, and it would be about uh, two, 290 to 350 I bet to, it's a reflash. Uh, uh, yeah, I bet it's a, I bet it's a reflash, and that is something you will not be able to do yourself. Yeah. Period. Uh, no. a, re, a reflash is just we're going to hook it. We hook up a, a specific device to your car, and then we dial up the cloud, and the cloud wants money from us. And so then we say, "Hey, cloud, take a look at this car." And it goes, "Oh, I see a 2015 Patriot." Da 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 da. And and we say, "Hey, look over all the computer." folders in this car. Oh, I see that there's an update for da 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 da. Okay, well then go ahead and update it. So and 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 frankly, I think that in the in the other aftermarket aren't aren't I safe to say from 150 to 225 250 for a reflash? Um, we did a BMW Chrysler, the other day. Chrysler's a little bit more cuz uh, the cuz yeah. of the scanner. Yeah. Chrysler's yeah, it's probably uh Two to three hundred—that's probably okay. a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the other things is—is is if they're talking about a clock spring underneath the steering wheel, which is yeah. you know, if that's something you can probably do yourself if you can go rent a steering wheel puller. But it you, would be more than that for a clock spring, two ninety. I mean, you figure <laughs> clock spring's okay. got to be two hundred bucks, and plus, and it's going to be more than an hour labor. So okay, all right. Well, I I was thinking of something that would be close to the three hundred. Yeah. You yeah the only other thing I can think of is something like your like your truck where you'd pull it apart and clean some contacts or you have a bad connection somewhere that needs to be done. Um, I just did one the other day that it was a reflash on the ABS module. Again, he couldn't do it himself. But uh, uh, we're starting to see this a lot that, that where they're not... Uh, it's like a Windows update. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, exactly. It's, it's an update for your car, except they're not going to do it for free. And so it's the same way with us. When we do a flash... It typically costs us between eighty and eighty-five dollars for the privilege of attaching to the cloud, and so by the time we add our labor plus our cost, we're at one twenty-five to one seventy-five, depending on the cost right. associated with that. Right. So I got one more quick question, if you guys don't mind. Go, go. Um, is there any harm of me having that light just popping on and off every once in a while? I mean, is it a big deal to get it fixed right away? Well, let me Does tell it you this: disable my airbags completely. Yes. Yes, when that light's on, your airbags ain't gonna pop. So, um, yeah, that's that's the that's is, the risk will and the hazard. All the airbags not work, or just the affected one not work? But we don't know which one no, the affected I, I, is. I, yeah, I agree. Okay. I'm just wondering: is, is it is it just in 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 general? I don't know the answer to this. Okay. In general, is it the one? Let's just say it's a passenger one. Okay. Is so will just not the passenger work, or does that shut down all the airbags in the whole car? There's a a whole lot of discussion about that exact same thing. There's a whole lot of fighting going on in the accident reconstruction business and the guys that read the black boxes and all that other kind of stuff. There's a certain amount of them that say, yeah, if if the passenger side bag is causing the problem, then the drivers will pop. Others guys say, well, we don't know which one's not going to pop, and that's a risk that the driver has to take. Then they say, no, that 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 light turns off everything. To be honest with you, I think it's more vehicle-specific right. and year-specific. You know, one thing you might want to do is at least get the code pulled 
and figure out which airbag is affected. If it says something about the passenger airbag, I don't know that I would be super. I mean, I'd get it fixed at some point. I don't know that I would rush out today and have it fixed. It's a 2015, yeah. though. It's it's four years old. Right. I mean, it's three, three years old. Three it's years three old. years old. And, and the problem with him rolling the dice like that is is he could have his, his wife at home and he's got his girlfriend in the car. He has a crash and his girlfriend sues him and he's in big trouble. Yeah, sure. No, yeah. There, there's... Don't there's, let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us laugh with you, Hank. Thank you very much. Jeff, you're up next, buddy. What can I do for you, Jeff? Hey, uh, good morning. I have a 2000 Camry with an AC problem I've been fighting for about a year. And in the summer, when it's really hot, I'll come out and uh, even in the morning, it's pretty hot. I'll come out and I'll turn it on and it'll, you know, within like a second, it'll just click off. And then I click on, and you know, I'll just alternate it, and maybe about the tenth time, it will stay on. Okay. But what I've noticed in the last four months, when it's been cooler here, and but I've needed the AC, I, I turn it on, and it works every time. Okay. And, and never turn, never clicks off. What's the, what is I've it? it two thousand Camry. Say, no, two thousand okay. Camry. Okay. And they and they say no leaks. I've been back and. And they keep saying nope. It's, it's you know. Okay, well, it's right. that's 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 a poor answer in my opinion. That's a poor answer. I would be disappointed if my staff did something like that. Here's the deal: we have power and ground that goes to the air conditioning compressor clutch. Okay, we're going to yep. interrupt both of those circuits. So if if we put the high pressure switch, otherwise, if it sees high pressure, it opens the ground. If it sees low pressure, it opens the hot. So in reality, if and, and, and if you say, this is my symptoms, and it, when it does work, it blows ice cold, it blows ice cubes through the vents, then everybody knows it ain't a Freon problem. But that doesn't mean it's not a low-pressure problem. So there's a lot of us that are gray-haired guys, unlike this kid next to me. So we go in and we grab a hold of the two power and grounds, and we use those big, long wires with a light bulb in it, and we put it into the car, and we say, hey, watch this, Jeff. Or we'll run the negative side, or we'll run the positive side, and put two different light bulbs in there, and you come in and you go, it's the red light bulb. That's the one that always, when it doesn't work, the red light bulb is on or off, and when it does work, then then, then the red light bulb is affected. You have to have a wiring diagram because you have to go backwards from the hot and the ground at the compressor all the way to its source of, of power and ground. You have to go all the way back. So it can be the button on your dashboard where you turn on the air. That button can right. be bad. Right. It can be the low-pressure switch, the high-pressure switch. It could also be some RPM sensor on the on the, the uh, compressor. I don't think your Camry has it, but there's some that do. <clears throat> So there's just, I mean, you can't possibly work on this until you get a wiring diagram and you start at the compressor and move backwards. And then if it's a situation where we got power and ground to the compressor and it's off, then that means the coil's bad. So the coil behind the hub is bad, and that's what engages the uh, clutch. So then you run an ohmmeter test on it, and you ohm out the, the coil that you have, and just for stupid numbers, it's got 5,000 ohms. Then you order a new one and you gun it and it's got 1,000 ohms. Or it's got 10,000 ohms. Well, there's a big difference. 
So if I've got power and ground going there, but I don't have that thing clutch running, and I've got an obviously different setting or a different value on the one you got, the coil that you have versus the coil I got in my hand that's in a brand new box, then I'm going to say to you, hey, Jeff, it looks like it needs a new coil. Um, I have power and ground, so it's not the low pressure, it's the high pressure, it's not the air conditioning turn on, it's not the climate control head, it's none of that stuff. It's got power and the ground. So that's what it really is all about. Anyway, good luck to you, Jeff. Uh, what part of town do you live in? One more question. Okay. So, so I I can appreciate there's a, a lot of of um, elements here, you know, from the uh-huh. from the switch all the way back to the compressor. But the fact that it that it doesn't that it seems to work great in the cold weather and and crappy in the in the summer, does that suggest anything to you? No, and let me tell you why not. That's a question I can answer once I find it and fix it. But that's not an, an area you want to say to me. I want you to work on the symptom that it does it hot and it doesn't do it cold or does it, it's fine cold and it's bad hot. I don't want to chase that one. That's a red herring. I don't want to use that because that's not a valid thing. That's a, well, I think this is, now I'm not doubting you. Don't misunderstand me. But I can answer the question at the end of the day after I fix it. I think yeah, I'd I much rather yeah. go to the nuts and bolts of it and the electric. Now, here's something you could do. If you have, an, if you have a, a wiring diagram, and I'm sure you can find one, I would bypass the low-pressure switch. It's just two wires. You just unplug it, and you just put a loop in there. And then I'd probably go to the high-pressure switch, which is usually at the back of the compressor, and it's, I'm pretty sure it's going to open the ground. It's going to open the ground or open the power. So the same thing, you unplug it and you loop it. But you do them one at a time. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say. Do them one at a time. Okay. Now, if you bypass the low-pressure switch and boom, all of a sudden, Mark hit the nail on the head, then here's what you have to do. First of all, you've got to go get a low-pressure switch, and in order to get it out, you've got to drain the freon. So you're going to have to deal got with it. that. Got it. If I told you how to fix it, and the next time the plate passes you, you're going to put an extra 5 bucks in it. Roger? Right. Okay. Thanks. All righty. Good luck. We're gonna when we come back, we've got open lines available, six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty, six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. And just before I throw it back to Gil, let me tell you about Thompson's auto repair and towing. Thompson's auto repair and towing is in Mesa and, and they're on Apache or Main Street and Stapley, just east on the south side of the road. Brian and Thelma are good people. I've known them and their family for the last forty years. I know they're honest, I know they're dependable, I know they're good people, I know they make good decisions, and sometimes more than I would like, the tie goes to the runner when it comes to making a decision at Thompson's Auto Repair, and that's the kind of people Brian and Thelma, his wife, are. So if you live in Mesa, it's the only shop in Mesa I've got on my list, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. We'll be right back. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive. And his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians that can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird. 
just west of the 101. It's no safe spaces. Free speech is free on campuses unless you're hearing ideas you don't like. Now, the hypocrisy is an interesting thing. The notion that there's a march on this and a a rally on that, and then somebody shows up to give a discussion about something you disagree with, and you demand that that person is shut down and unable to speak is the definition of hypocrisy. Right, so they have an answer. Of course I'm for free speech. I'm against hate speech. They don't understand that's the point of free speech. So they don't get it. They just don't get it because they've never been taught it. It's No Safe Spaces, coming to Grand Canyon University Arena, February 27th, with Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Be a part of history as the event is filmed for their No Safe Spaces movie. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. That's 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Alan Salem. And uh, together we work on cars. His business is a little different than mine because he takes in hot rods, trucks, and cars, and tires, and wheels, and lifts them, lowers them, and gas tanks, and fuels, and modifications, modifications, modifications. And I'm doing the oil changes all the way to the engine swaps. So in the same building, we've got you covered. Nevertheless, let's go to the phones real quick. Nina, ladies first. You're up. How can I help you? Oh, Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a real problem. I have a 202 Lexus CR340, a 640, no, what is it, 430, sorry. And every time I exceed from 45 miles to 80 miles an hour, it shakes uncontrollably. I've had tires changed. I've had a balance. Nothing seems to help. Well, um, l- let me tell you a real quick story as fast as I can. Fill me in if I miss a point. A guy brings us a truck, and he tells us he's had three different kinds of tires, two different kinds of wheels. He's had the drive shafts checked. He's had the suspension checked. He's had this and that and this and that. We have learned not to go by that list. We don't even want to hear that list. We want you to show us the problem. That's what your shop to do. Nina, let's take me for a drive and let me look at it. I promise you that the top 10 of our, pers- of our industry is really good with vibrations. Now, let me ask you this. When the, when the car shakes, is it the whole car shakes or the steering wheel shakes? Both. Both. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the, when the whole car shakes, it almost always means it's in the back of the car. And if the steering wheel shakes, it almost means it's in the front of the car. So if you've got both the front of the car and the back of the car, strut rod bushings, um, I mean, there's lots of different suspension parts that can be wiggling but around at that speed. it's only between 45 and 80. Does it go way after 80, did you say? Yeah, it does. Okay, where are you driving 80 miles an hour, Nina? Well, in Anthem, on the freeway. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I would still, regardless of how many times you said that you've had a you've had them balanced or looked at you, we need to right. we need we, to start with the with the tires and wheels but 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 in reality really? we need to drive it yes and yeah and, and uh, okay. here's something else nina do you have anybody in your house that drives a car yes okay this is what i want you to do i want you to get that other is it your husband yes okay good i i didn't know you you're, you're going to say tomorrow morning sunday morning you and i are going to get out on the freeway 
and and I'm going and what we're going to do is we're going to be on our phones and I'm going to get the vibration to happen but I'm going to be in the fast lane and I want you to pull up next to me and I want you to look at the front tire and the back tire on the passenger side then we're going to switch lanes and I'm going to move over to the pass or to the right lane and you come up on the other side and I want you to look at the front tire and the back tire I want you to visually look at the tires when the vibration is occurring Sometimes you'll see a tire bouncing a whole bunch more than the others, which could be a shock absorber, Mm -hmm. which could be a bad tire, and a variety of other things. You can save yourself a little bit of money if you share that with your shop. But the best thing to have us do is take a ride with you. That's that you show us what you're talking about. And that's what, that's the best thing that can happen. I don't know what it is, but I do know on a one to ten scale, those things are about a number six, seven, or eight to find and fix. It's you know a lot of people too. They'll look at a wheel and tire package and say, oh yeah, it's balanced, it looks good. But in reality, there's so much other stuff that goes into it. There's hub centering, there's lug centering, there's um, the big thing that we've been running across lately is is uh, chrome wheels. If you if if the wheels are chrome. These people, they'll mount them, and the, we use really good lube to mount them because, you know, tires are getting stiffer to make them last longer. And you pull out of the driveway, and the tire will actually rotate on the chrome wheel because the wheel, the, the, the chrome slippery. wheel is slippery. So you are instantaneously at your first stop out of balance again. So that's something that we uh, that we take a look at. There's There's a lot of other things than just a just a balance well and and he's talking about the tire slipping on the wheel and what we do when we suspect that and we did it on that one lady is we put a yellow mark on the valve stem yep we put a yellow mark on the tire and next to the valve stem and i'll be doggone if she didn't drive her car down and that that mark had moved six inches yep so we grabbed a whole lever and we put her in the chair and we turned on the bright lights and we said do you drive like somebody crazy and she's driving a Ford truck with a blower on it and so it's a real high performance truck and she goes yes I I have a bad habit of drag racing people okay well you have to stop that and we're going to take all that lube off the tires and we're going to get the tire to stick and we're going to scuff up the chrome is that what we do yeah so it it, you don't need to drive it bad and and it's typically not excel it's usually braking It, it the usually it's the very first break that um that that you do it, it it will move them you know the most it doesn't have to be a you know a, a panic stop or anything okay. like that um, but in order for me to get it to do it I'll mark the valve and then I'll take it out and really stop it and even if it moves two inches it's out of balance period and um, we we are starting to see it a lot more often now uh, with the lower profile wheels and the chrome or the lower profile tires and the chrome wheels. And uh, but so and the high performance cars behind it because yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said sure. it'll do it braking it'll move the tire on the wheel braking but it'll also move it when you pour the, yeah. when you pour the power to it so next time you have them balanced I don't suggest that you do that but but we can scuff the wheel up we can get all the lube off okay. of it and we can get the tire to stick to the wheel and stay there yeah assuming it's chrome yeah yeah and so and we just scuff up the chrome so where it's got a little bit more of a sandpaper to it that holds the tire that's all. So, mm-hmm, y- mm-hmm. yes, the answer is that's I, that's not going to be a big deal, I don't think. Um, that one that we fixed here not too long ago was $384, but that had to do with four hub-centering um, adapters. Right. This, If you're right, and this is a balance and clean up the beads, what are we talking about? Uh, 150 to, dis- to 200 bucks to, to dismount, clean all of it up, scuff the wheels, put them all back on and balance them. Yep. And then mark the stems so that we know if she's yep. out there racing yep. or breaking hard. That's it, Nina. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much. That was a great question. Michael, you're up next. How can I help you, Michael? 
Good morning, Mark. After you answer my question, could you please tell the folks about the Saturday afternoon car show in the Kmart parking lot at Power on the I-60? I sure can. I sure can. I was wondering why some of the late model cars, including the Camaros, have the gas cap on the passenger side. You know, I I really can't answer that. I don't know that there's a scientific way. I know that as they build cars, everybody wants this portion of the car, that portion of the car, and um, and even the cigarette lighter moves around in cars for no reason that we can see. Um, is it is it a problem when you pull into a gas station that you kind of forget which side the uh, the uh, fillers on? No, I was just curious. Okay, I wonder I wonder if it's more of a safety thing. It could very well be a safe because if that thing starts off, starts on fire, you are. I mean, typically, if you're waiting by your door, or sitting in your car, you're going to be on the other side of the car from that. I had never thought of that, but but you know, I I I don't know. Mine's right outside my driver's door. I understand. So is yours. I understand. And so you know, if something catches fire, if we're talking on our phone or playing yeah. with our phone, which they tell you not to do. Yeah, yeah, I don't, but you do. I know that. No, I don't. Oh, I yeah, okay. I've seen I, you do it. But yeah. anyway, so I mean, it could be. I, I have no idea. I'm guessing. Okay. And, and and I'll tell you what I think. I think it's a matter of logistics. It's we don't want the filler neck near the exhaust pipe. So that kind of makes a big difference because we're not going to put the filler neck right over the top of a hot exhaust pipe. Number two, tanks, I think you'll agree, they're going to be centered more driver's side or passenger side. They used to be across the back of the car right. from bu- from bumper to bumper, from side to side. From But they aren't that way much anymore. Sometimes they're longer and they face the front. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're wider. So they're different different shapes in different places. But I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, but I I, It's probably related to one of two things. What you said, safety. And the second thing is, is we had to build Just the tank logistical. with the filler there because of the logistics. Because we've got the window motor. That wouldn't that wouldn't explain why there's a multitude of cars over a wide ranging of manufacturers. But again, I don't know. Okay. The answer to your question, Michael, is we just don't know. 602-508-0960. Carl, you'll be our next caller on the other side of this break. 602-508-0960. We have four lines available. And we still haven't talked about the the idea of what we fixed on that truck and why we ignored all of the list that the guy had and how successful we were. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I didn't find that working behind a desk, so for me it was a pretty easy decision to make. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just icing on the cake. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. 
Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. Top federal prosecutor Sidney Powell joins me this week to explain what the FBI Gates scandal means for America. And James Dickey, Texas GOP state chair, will talk Republican strategy to win the 2018 midterms. And I'll talk with you about immigration, the Dreamers, and more on my show, America Can We Talk, every Sunday at 5 p.m. on 960 The Patriot, on Facebook Live at America Can We Talk, or online at americacanwetalk.org. We talk truth about America and why it matters to you. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. All about that it's 34 minutes after the hour 11 o'clock and we're going to go to see thomas carl dropped off but thomas you're up next how can i help you hey how are you sir good good thank you good i had an answer to the last question from the last caller about the guest cap bill being on the passenger or the driver's side sure yeah we're we're all ears with almost 100 percent accuracy it's simply due to uh, what side the exhaust comes out on because of the muffler and the catalytic converter being underneath the car on that side. So there's room for the gas tank on the other. And they also, for a safety feature, they want the filler neck for the gas tank to be opposite of the exhaust. And, and you know, that that was something that somebody already emailed us. But, but no, that's yeah. good that, that you did that. And you're, you're exactly right. But let me read you something that one of the other guys said. And this is kind of an it, – it, it, this may not apply as much as yours. Years ago, I was told that Mercedes put the filler on the right side because it was safer to add fuel away from traffic if you were stuck on the side of the road. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you two thoughts. Number one, most Mercedes people aren't going to run out of gas. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? I don't know. I, the, it's just not the, the the thought I have in my head. I think the ASU students and the young millenniums and the younger people, they're the ones that most likely run out of gas. But you don't see anybody north of 40 running out of gas very often. So, yeah. But years has a lot more value because, yes, we have to put the cat on one side or the other. It's always going to be on left or right. And we know people yep. spill gas, they pump it too fast, and it comes out. And we also know there's fumes. As you put liquid in, the fumes come out. And so, yes, you're, you're exactly right. I, I think that that would be the leading reason how, on which yep. side they put it on. But a lot of these cars now have dual exhaust, though, too. But the cat, yeah. But they, isn't there one cat that we're splitting them on? No. Okay. No, like the guy gave a Camaro reference. Okay. Those 99%, even the V6s, have dual exhaust. And dual cats, you're saying. Well, I know that the the V8s have dual cats, but, but keep in mind, it's got to be behind the rear tire. The, the cat is up behind the front tire. Yeah, you're right. The so, location so, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Location of the cat. But, but even the even the six-bangers have the, have the uh, you know, dual exhaust. Right. So, and then we're still getting some at the middle of the back on the, behind the license plate and in that kind of area. Right. So I right. don't know the answer, yeah. but these are good reasons sure. why they might do it. Thank you very much for that, Thomas. Thank you very much. Let me tell you real quick about Automatic Transmission Exchange. He's a good guy. Phil and his staff have been at the same location since Jesus was a baby. And that actually started out somewhere in the vicinity of 1960-something. Let me see, 1968. That's what it was. So Phil and his staff, if you live in Phoenix and you have a transmission problems, here's the good news. He'll take a ride with you, or he'll have one of his diagnosticians take a ride. If you can duplicate the problem, I'm quite sure they can find it, bid it, and fix it. So that's the key with the transmission is is you have to be able to learn how to make it happen because if you can't make it happen, then the menu is wide open and that's a bad deal for you. So automatic transmission exchanges on Washington and 40th Street. Good guy. His name's Phil. Judy, you're up next. Judy, how can I help you? Yes. I have a 2001 Ford Expedition. And I saw, I can't find the service paper right now, but it looked like, my husband had some Freon put into the uh, car last year, <clears throat> about a year ago or 15 months ago. <clears throat> now, the car's been sitting for about six months, so I just started using the air within the last month, and w- there's no cold air. The heat's fine, but no cold air. Okay. that That's and kind of... And they said that in order to find out what's going on, <clears throat> they'd have to take it apart. And it would cost about $100 to just take it apart. So I wanted to check with you. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to address them. Let me just tell you what our industry should do. The very first thing we're going to do is is we're going to go in and take your Freon out and look at it and weigh it. So if you're supposed to have 18 ounces of refrigerant, then and if you have 12, then we have a leak. But because we've taken the Freon out and weighed it, then we're half, well, we're not halfway to the repair, but we're certainly 25% towards the repair because now we're going to draw a vacuum on your system and we're going to try to find the leak. Or we can put your Freon back in with the dye and go drive it and find the leak. So we're all assuming that this is a Freon issue, but this could be something completely different. I think your diagnostic fee, no matter what it is, is going to fall between $75 and $125. I think the necessary necessary steps to determine if this is an electrical problem, a Freon-level problem, maybe too full, 
too empty or any one of the other number of electrical items that's supposed to turn that on that can't turn that on, 75 to 125 is, I think, your number. Now, it's entirely possible, but it's a small percentage. 20% of the time, it's $100 to find it and uh, $25 to fix it. So there are some of those, but it can also be $100 to find it and cost you $350 to $1,000 to fix it because if the compressor itself is leaking, then you have to replace the compressor, the orifice tube, you have to flush everything, you have to put all new Freon in it, and there's a lot of labor and there's a lot of parts. But really, now's the time to have this checked out because the prices are going to go up when it gets really hot. So it's easy to sell a compressor for a little less during the colder times than it is in the middle of the summer. So that's my advice to you. Okay, great. Thanks okay. so much. You're welcome, ma'am. You're welcome. Um, real quick, we had that expedition come in. Yes. And and he had a vibration. Uh-huh. And we talked about all the different things that he had had done. Oh, yeah. Three sets of tires, two sets of wheels, driveline angles, this, that, mm-hmm. balance, balance, balance. And I like what you said. You said you ignored his list. Yeah. And so you went out and drove it. Yeah. That's the first thing you got to do. And you could duplicate the problem. Yes. All right. Now, folks, let me just tell you, the old days when I was a kid, we had a balancer that was as much Fred Flintstone as you can ever imagine compared to today. But I want you to think about this. From a, oh, we got to take a break. Yeah. So oh, when, I thought you knew that. When, okay. when we come back, we're going to talk about the differences in balance and what the difference is between today and yesterday. And the sophistication level will really surprise you. We'll be right back. The year is 1963, and the famous British author, C.S. Lewis, is hosting a group of American writers at his home near Oxford, recalling the people and events that shaped his life. His fascinating stories captivate them. With spontaneous humor and engaging wit, C.S. highlights why he nearly abandoned the Narnia Chronicles, how he came to embrace Christianity, and the American woman who turned his life upside down. Want to go back and experience this night for yourself? Come enjoy An Evening with C.S. Lewis, an enthralling theatrical experience by actor David Payne, described as extraordinary, a must-see. Come discover the impact of one of the 20th century's literary giants. This funny and heartwarming evening will bring you closer to the man who wrote classics like The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Two Phoenix shows at Living Streams Church on March 15th, 7 p.m., and Generation Church, Hawatuki, on March 16th at 7 p.m. For tickets, visit 960thepatriot.com. A promise was made. A promise that hit the beaches of Normandy. A covenant that split the skies over Berlin. A vow that captured Iwo Jima. A promise was made. A solemn oath that liberated Seoul. A sacred trust that defended Kaesan. A pact that dug in in Da Nang. A contract that weathered Tet. A promise was made. A pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq. A bond that patrolled door-to-door in Fallujah. An IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans. A promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the promise, visit DAV.org. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. 
Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 43 minutes after the hour of 10, 11 o'clock, and let me finish the story. The guy comes in with the expedition. It's got a bad vibration. He's had everything imaginable touched or set, and he can't find anything wrong. Take it from there. Wow, that was a dump off. Um, went for a ride. Um, I knew it was a, uh, at, at, at that point, I knew it was a wheel and tire issue. Uh, there was no question in my mind it was a wheel and tire but issue. But he had three sets of tires and two sets of wheels. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I've heard that a million times. Okay. Um, so I th- the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure, check to see about the, the hub centricity or th- if the wheels and tires were hub centric. They were not. So I had some uh, hub centering rings made first because I wanted to be, I wanted to balance with the hub centering rings. Okay. So uh, put some hub centering rings on. Made a little bit of a difference, not a huge one. Um, then I brought it in for balancing. Found two of the tires had over 100 pounds of road force. And um, a number on road force is much better at what? Uh, hundred well, bad. limit is 36. Okay, so you want them under 36. Yes. And this one had more than 100. Yes. And you couldn't possibly get it much lower no, than that. No, I got it to 50, uh, 58 and 60, I believe. Okay. Was able to rotate, uh, match mount them to okay. 58 and 60. And what, what hub centering rings and center lug centering, what we're talking about is is the tire's got to wobble to it because it's not spinning on an axis. Yeah. So it's one side, is the, the spokes are longer on one side than the other. And so when you ride, it's like that bike on the commercial that's got the square tires on it, and he's driving along, and you can see the square tires. It's a problem with the center of the pinwheel. Right. If you put the center of the pinwheel f- too far up or down, then the when the pinwheel is going to to spin abnormally. Right. So by changing the center of the wheel mount, you fix that problem. Right. Then you went back and balanced all the tires and you found still two of them that were out of whack. Yes. And yes. so balance was good on all four. Okay. Uh, decent on all four. All right. But the main issue was the road force. Okay. And so in the, in the, in the big scheme of things, it it has to do with this too. The, the fact of the matter was is that most tires have about a six-inch heavy spot, right? Six to ten-inch? Yeah. Okay, yeah. a heavy spot. Now, we, we're we going to move the heavy spot opposite of the wheel heavy spot. Right. So if the wheel heavy spot is at 12 o'clock, we're going to move the heavy spot of the tire to six o'clock. Right. The problem is, is with his BF Goodrich tire, the heavy spot was from nine o'clock to three o'clock. It was a much larger heavy spot. Much bigger. Yeah. So now you have to move the tire at a couple of inches at a time trying to get your road force number down. Right. So after you move the tire, you still couldn't get it anywhere close to the 35 and below that you wanted it. Right. But he wrote back and said, you took a, I had a number 10 vibration, which is a bad number, and you moved me to a 2. Right. So he said, I came in with a 10, and you moved me through a 2, and nobody else moved him and anywhere. And the only thing that's going to get you to zero is replacing those two tires. Right. Because they're still out of out of spec. Okay. So then we're going to move from a 2 to a 1. 2 to a 0. A 0. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, I, I'm not going to claim 0, but you I can. I will. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Oh, Michael, he said Power um, and 60, there's a car show on Saturday night behind Walmart, 3 to 6. If you like old hot rods and you like to I think mingle, he said the Walmart parking lot, not behind Walmart. I think Walmart parking lot. Okay. Well, I thought he said behind, but nevertheless, it's it's at or near the Walmart yeah. there on Power and Sixty. Oh, Kate. 
I think he said Kmart, but he probably meant Walmart. Okay. okay anyway, regardless. It, it, and, and then we also had a call here on the Camry. Do you remember the Camry? Um, Jeff said he had an old Camry uh, AC problem. Sometimes it would work in some way. Sometimes it wouldn't. Okay. I got a beep, 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 beep from a friend of mine. If the compressor has an RPM sensor, I've seen several times when the belt's slipping, the head pressure is high, causing the belt to slip, and then the compressor will shut down. I've had customers start the car with the AC off on a hot day, make sure the AC is off, and then turn it on, and most of the times that works. The real repair is get the belt to stop slipping on the compressor, so either adjust it or replace the belt. But this is a diagnostic procedure. So when we talk to Jeff, Jeff, he says, turn the, when you turn the car off, turn your air off when you know this is going to happen. Then start the car and wait for the count of 10 or 20, and then turn the air on and drive away. If that makes all the difference in the world, then you either need to adjust the belt that runs the compressor or replace the belt that runs the compressor. And so that helps them. All righty, let's go to Bob. Bob, good morning. Thank you for holding as long as you did. How can I help you? Hi, Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. Are you there? Hello, Bob. Why don't we just put him on? Okay, then we're going to go to Don. Don, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, it's me again. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you guys think about E3 spark plugs? Well, it's kind of like a water hose. Um, you have one water hose and you split it into three hoses. And so you have um, a little less water in each one of those three hoses because there's only so much water we can move through a hose. And the E3 spark plugs you're talking about are, are brag about having three sparks. Right. Okay. Yeah. And we have run, we've been running tests on those since the shoot. The those kinds of spark plugs with the fancy sparks. And here's what we do: we can measure the amount of electricity it takes to jump the gap. Then we can also measure the burn time in millionths of a second. And when we tested those fancy dancy, ten, twenty, thirty, forty dollar spark plugs. We found that they didn't use any more electricity, but if you added up the burn time of all three of them, then you would come up with a standard Champion or an Autolite or a Bosch Platinum. It's, it's not anything that we sell. It's not anything that we will install unless the customer absolutely insists, and then we will. But we're going to put a, a disclaimer on there that these spark plugs were not designed for your car, and if you have a miss or a problem with them, then we're not going to chase that problem down. But it's a fancy marketing idea, and it's no different than a lot of other auto parts that brag about stuff that um, just physically can't happen. That's if what you really want to know, go, go out to the drag races next weekend. Those cars are out there, fastest cars in the world, you know, 10,000, 11,000 horsepower, and ask them to see their spark plugs in <laughs> and see if they've got any of that crap in them. Well, and, but they have stickers on them. The, where they market that a- that stuff. Absolutely. But I can tell you with 100% I have seen those spark plugs. Yeah. I have held those spark plugs. My kids have them. My my kids have them in their in their in their bedroom and they are What are they? 
I can't remember off the top of my head what, what brand, but, but it's a conventional spark plug. Conventional spark plug. Center I mean, electrode and yep. loop on the top. Yep, and they have a. Uh, most of them were burned off now because okay. you know, but uh, and they have two per cylinder. But okay. um, yeah, it's they are a conventional, no frills, no split fire, no nothing. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for bringing that up, Don. Thank you very much, Bob. You're up. How can I help you? Good morning to you, Doctor Mark. Uh, Alan, you're learning at the knee of an automotive genius here. Oh, uh, lost, easy. <laughs> lost my phone here a minute ago. I got a new one and easy. I put it on speaker and screwed it up. But anyway, first thing, um, here a while back, quite a while back, yeah, a year or so ago, you, I got a 98 Ford Ranger. You told me to do the Adelief. I had droopy drawers, uh-huh. and uh, you did the Adelief. I did that, 75 bucks. It solved the whole problem. Beat the cake. Uh, the other thing, it is the car show is probably at the Kmart. You can't get near that Walmart at 60 and, and power this time okay. of year with the snowbirds here. So the Kmart's on the other side of the road. Here's my problem. Okay. 98 Ford Ranger, um, 137,000. Remote door lock thing. Uh, sometimes it's real slow. Sometimes it doesn't work at all, especially the driver's side. Suggestions? Yeah. And 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 let's forget about the driver's side altogether. Do the other doors work better or the same? Probably the same. No, no, a little better. The other, the passenger door works a little. Yeah, the passenger door works better because you double click it, and it almost always opens right away. Okay. Well, the 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 lock cylinder, which is an electronic solenoid on your on your Ford is uh, manipulated and run by the, the master switch that the driver uses. And as you can expect, the driver's doors gets 10 times more use than the rest of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I don't want to use the truck, yeah. Yeah. So I think what I would do is is I would say to you, I want to pull the panel, the, the door panels on the two front doors, and I want to run an amp, uh, an inductive amp probe test, and I want to lock and unlock both sides. If the passenger side has a 15-amp uh, hit when it unlocks or locks it, and the other side has a 45-amp hit, then I want to replace the solenoid on the driver's side because it's clearly worn out, and it's clearly using far more electricity to open and close than the passenger. But before I replace that solenoid, I want to run a ground drop test or a volt drop test on both the power and the ground. I want to make sure I have a full 12 volts going to that solenoid, and I want to make sure it has a good power. So those are the things that typically would happen. Now, the only other option is is for you to wait until it gets really bad, and then we just take the driver's <laughs> door apart. So okay. it, that's, that's, that's the, those are the two ways that, that we're going to happen. Now, every once in a while, we take the driver's door apart, and we find hamburgers and hot dogs and, and clothing and all kinds of stuff inside the door. And actually, you take it apart, you clean it all up, you get all the grease off of it, you lube the heck out of it, put it back on, and voila, it's fixed. The risk you run there is is if that solenoid has been working really hard for a long period of time, just because we cleaned it up and lubed it doesn't ensure that it's going to live forever. So most of the time I suggest to people that we just go ahead and replace the solenoid. All right? Okay, but run an amp comparison test on both sides. Yep. Check the voltage. Make sure it's getting full voltage. Yep. Clean it, but if 
yeah, I'm with you. I think I'll probably just replace the solenoid. What the hell? It's easier. Well, <laughs> okay. and there's a couple. You know, I had one guy said, I'm going to put the passenger side on the driver's side. I'm not going to ah. put something in the passenger side. I'm just yeah. going to swap them. And if it obviously the problem goes away, then I'll get a new one and put it on the, the driver's side and move it back. Or I'll put the new one on the passenger side and leave the passenger on the driver's side. So you can do that kind of a comparison. As long as you do yeah. it scientifically, you'll be fine. Okay? Extra work, but thank you. Yep, okay, you betcha. Might as well replace it while I'm in there. Thanks, Absolutely, Mark. you betcha. SNS Tire Service is in in the West Side. They have three locations: Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They've been around since 1976. They've been around a long time. They're owned and operated by gray-haired guys that have been around tires their entire life. Now they just do. They don't just do tires. They have a huge, comprehensive line of tires of so many different brands. So you can go in there and point to your tires and say, "Give me a good, a bet, a a good, best, or better." And and they'll give you pricing for all four tires, two tires, out the door, write your check before we even start on your car. So if you're going to turn your car in on a lease and you just want to put tires on it, then go ahead. But the idea is is they have a huge selection. They also can balance your tires. They also do all the tire-related stuff, which is alignment and suspension, but they also do oil changes and other stuff. So if you're in the West Valley... I think the very one of the best, if not the best, tire location would be the SNS tire in Peoria, Surprise, or Goodyear. It's a good place to stop, doesn't take long, and uh, you can have the opportunity to uh, look at a variety of tires for your car. Go ahead, Gil. Say hello to Martin. Martin, good morning. How can we help you? I have a 2012 Dodge Ram 2500 uh, Cummins diesel. 70,500 miles on it. And the performed service light comes ah. on. Oh, let now me... That's, t- uh, Go ahead. That's uh, CCB, right? And that EPR well, cooler and all that kind of stuff. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm sitting next to the guy that most knows more about that truck than anybody I never met in my life. Good. Go ahead, Alan. This is yours. No, that's a, that's a CCB filter. I would replace a CCV filter. I wouldn't worry about. I mean, I we don't perform all that EGR cooling. Is, is that something we really need to be concerned about? Or? I, I've I've not had any issues with them. I know that a lot of my my customers have gone to the dealerships for other stuff and uh, and got their wallet flushed on that service. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. All no. right. So what you're telling him is just replace the CCV filter yes. and and roll the dice. Yes. And the odds of him having to do something additional to that are slim. Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. Okay. All right. Thank that's you very much. All righty. And, and actually, that's exactly the same conversation I had with that cowboy over at the car wash not too long ago. He was faced with that big $1,200 da, 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 da. And you said to him, just replace the filter. Now, I've not heard whether he had success or not, but let me ask you about your success rate, Mr. Big Shot. Um, how many of them end up coming back after you replace the CCV, CC filter? Well, they're not even the same system. The okay. EGR and the CCV, they're not even the same system. I don't know where they're getting that from. I, I don't even know if that, EG, that EGR service is even in the owner's manual. Okay. I know that some dealerships are performing that, but I've yet to see it in an owner's manual. So the, see, the, the, it comes on it. I thought it was 67.5, but maybe it's 70,500, but it's right around there. It's for the CCV filter, every time it's in every truck. And you don't have any of them come down, back. 
No. Nobody's coming back. It's not a check-in delay. It's, okay. it's just a... It's, I it's a, Yeah, so you just re- reset that, that light and you're done. Okay. Yeah. And so nobody's coming back. No. So, all right, that's a pretty good record. Anyway, mark at marksalem.com, and you can send me an email address. If you'll give me your phone number, I, I'd like to call you back because I hate to type. And every Saturday, we're here from 10 to 12 right here on KKNT, and you're welcome to join us. But my email address, again, is mark at marksalem.com. So wear your seatbelt, and I'll see you next Saturday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.